Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, from the living room of my apartment, Lavender Gooms. One of the rare times everyone on this podcast is in the same time zone. Mm -hmm. So I can very happily say to the two of you who are on this podcast with me now and the people who are fiends and listen to it when we release it today i wish you a happy on today december 5th a happy nat international ninja day and Ooh. for the rest of you who will probably listen to it tomorrow december 6th a happy national gazpacho day that's the best we got gazpacho well, i was gonna say you know mike i didn't i didn't see ninja day was today so uh very stealthy of them well, tomorrow's also Mitten Tree Day and National Microwave Oven Day, but oh. I mean, who doesn't like a nice gazpacho during the winter? It's also <laughs> like to on yeah, uh, on this December fifth wish uh, Jens Pulver a happy birthday. Jens sure. Pulver is forty eight years old. Honestly, sure. thought he was older. That's feels he, has he a hot, and a hot. he still does stuff for the UFC. I think he does like uh, they do live play by play. For the big events, at least I see it on YouTube. It's it like, does? oh, That's watch the fight cool, with man. Jens Pulver. Is he personally you, never been? They used to do but. the thing with the UFC where you'd go to the events and they said, "Hey, if you want to listen to commentary, we'll give you the little like headset or whatever for that." Okay, yeah. I and remember I remember thinking, that. like, it's not a better option than listening to the people. I'd rather listen to the morons behind me say very questionable stuff than DC assigning extreme importance to a. Uh, to a fucking takedown. By the way, it's Jen's birthday tomorrow, December 6th, so I fucked that up. Anyway. People are listening to on the 6th. Exactly. <laughs> people are listening to this on the 6th. Um, all right. We're going to talk about, honestly, the biggest story this week is James Krause. Uh, we pretty much said, I feel we were sounding alarms very loudly ourselves because we're like, this sounds like he, like, this is a bad situation. And then it should hit the fan. Mm -hmm. um, but before the podcast went live, uh, I think everybody probably now has heard about it. Um, if they listen to this by Tuesday morning, uh, TJ Dillashaw, former UFC, uh, multiple time UFC bantamweight champion, um, has decided to retire. Um, I There's no uniform way in MMA where you decide like how many time champion you are. Because uh, this isn't pro wrestling where you count every time you won and lost it. Man's got like, Five, from what I can tell, five Bantamweight title fight victories. So five-time champion. Mm. I think that's the way we'll probably count it. Um, we kind of talked about this, Marcus, I feel, when he got hurt again, when he, have, he notoriously immediately dislocated his shoulder seconds into his uh, title fight with Aljamain Sterling, which was only mm. uh, six weeks ago. I think we all kind of talked about in the podcast, like, hey, he's saying he dislocated his shoulder like 25 times or some wild shit. Like how many times does he say he says some wild number like that? I don't know. Yeah. He says it's been happening. Yeah. You know, like a daily or, and weekly and stuff. Yeah. And like, we all said like, Hey, when you dislocate your shoulder often, there's no real, like, it just kind of gets worse. 
Um, right. None of us are doctors. They said like, but we all know the story. Like you just kind of tighten it up and hope that it doesn't happen again. Um, Marcus Ariel kind of laid out what we were talking about. It's going to be a long road back. I think it was part of the decision here, right? I mean, yeah, that's literally all I heard was Ariel's video he shot in his car or whatever, which basically said that, you know, he already had surgery for the shoulder. And I guess the surgeon said that, you know, it's a strong likelihood he'll have to have another surgery, that the um, injury was fairly severe. Um, and it was going to be a long road back. So this might all have to do with, you know, in the moment, especially with this last fight, not wanting to gum up works or something or be on the sidelines. Um, so he just decided to retire. You know, come the time where he is physically able to compete again, I wouldn't be maybe surprised if, if he comes back. I don't think he's that I'm, old. I'm, yeah, I'm not but- saying this, Mark. You're, I mean, you're getting to where I'm thinking I'm going to go. I mean, where I was going to, which is like, I'm not just saying this because the man missed two years because of a drug test mm-hmm. and notoriously test positive for EPO. But we're in the wake of the Connor stuff and yada, yada, yada. Isn't it that like, if you are outside the USADA testing pool and you want to come back in, it's just like you need six months of free t- of clean tests, right? Or something like that. Oh, is that, I don't even know. What like if I'm him entry. and I'm dealing with this and maybe this is a bit of an emotional <clears> decision <throat> and like, I'm the begrudge a man for doing this. He's fucking 35 years old, 36 years old and he mm. can't make money anymore. Like, yeah. Well, that's one thing I will I mean, part of this decision might be like from watching, I think one of the countdowns. Oh, like, he did say he has money now. He has a job. He, he has like well, investments. He has a business. He has okay. a side business. Like he does some like juice smoothie business. Okay, or that's something. good news. Whether like, that's enough to pay the bills or not, but it, it always seemed like with TJ, particularly when he won the belt, you know, it did seem like he was spending a lot of money. He got like those isolation chambers and stuff. And I was like, oh, slow your roll, boy. You know, yeah. this, this career is like a $10,000 thing, thing, bro. <laughs> but if he has been smart and was, you know, utilizing the money that he was making, because he was making decent change, you know, he was a pretty, Yeah, I mean, all those you know, alpha male guys also seems like they, like Uriah kind of imparted some level of wisdom on all of them. Because I know like Chad mm-hmm. has his own businesses and Benavidez has his own benefit businesses. And I think like Danny Castillo's out there owning a couple of gyms, like, I mean, I know it ended very poorly with the gym, but I'm assuming the guy didn't come out of there saying, fuck this, the guy's entire, like your eyes, entire theories on life. He probably, you know, learned some shit. Like, I think it's just smart. I yeah. would imagine if I was a young fighter like that, once you start getting a lot of money, I would probably go to a financial specialist and be like, okay, look, I'm making, you know, close to a mil for mm. each fight, you know, and when he's making that money, I'm sure he's like, I'm going to be doing this for the next 10 years. You know, how how do I finance my money to make sure that my money's making more money? Well, I, I would imagine I mean, that's yeah. what I, I mean. I, let, let, Mike, what? let's get to the shady thing I'm referring to here. Um, you know, really begrud- I wouldn't begrudge this man for doing this, but if I'm him and I got this kind of shoulder situation and I need to get healthy, I do not need to be drug tested every fucking three weeks by USADA. Right, Mike? Like, I mean, straight I, up. Like, I, let's not even lie about what's going on here. This guy's 36 I, I years think, old. <laughs> I think what you're tap dancing around is that Considering he just had a surgery that would probably have him out, what, at least a year, year and a half, maybe even two, considering he's had these shoulder um, issues before, might as well get out of the, the testing pool, do all the juice you want, look like Connor does on his Instagram posts over the last few weeks. And when you're, which will, which will definitely help him heal his, his shoulders, because that's, that's literally that's, what that stuff is that's used the point. for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I honestly wouldn't begrudge him. Um, well, it's illegal legally. Um, if in the rules, you just have to be clean for, for six months out 
And if you retire, you're out of wait, are you out outside of the testing pool if you retired? Yeah. Because those dudes, like there's that was a part of the controversy with this whole thing where like there's other dudes who didn't formally retire and they're still drug testing like Travis Brown and stuff. Like Connor's in some weird loophole. Which Connor, by the way, I really appreciated. Like, we're not, even though this podcast never really delved into the Connor thing, it's because literally everybody here was just like, who gives a fuck? At this point, with that stuff, like, man's got a broken leg. If he's going to take stuff to get back faster. Okay. And I don't think anybody here has a lot of faith entirely in the drug testing process in this company. But, like, what are you going to, I mean, if he comes back in two and a half years in this weight class and, like, and can fight, they'll give him, they'll, give him, they'll let him fight, right? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Um, do what you got to do, man. You're fucked up. His shoulder's really fucked up. I'm not sure. I mean, does, I mean, just because he can take all the TRT and HGH in the fucking world or doesn't mean he's going to fix it necessarily. But shit, I don't know. You go try some experimental shit out in different countries, you know. I remember like in this country, you can't like, isn't it still like banned doing the fucking blood? Um, What's the thing that Kobe did and like Dana White was doing where they spin your the blood? Plate, platelet rich treatment yeah. is I think what you're referring yeah. to. Um, and, and you're right. Um. On some level, I think probably a big level, um, his shoulders would never be the same. But if he can go a year and a half, I mean, it sounds kind of it sounds bad the way we're, we're talking about. I'm, this, we're not just saying it because he also tested positive. I really would say this no, about anybody like this, like in this situation. If he if he can go a year, year and a half, going on a bunch of different recuperative cycles of you know whatever supplements he can find not have to worry about the rigors of a fight camp and literally just focus on rehab. Maybe we could see him back in a year or two and his shoulders aren't for shit like they were in the last fight. I remember, um, Marcus, this is like it's barely read. I remember like 10 years ago, or it had to be longer than that. This was like 20 years ago, reading an article where like, oh, the, the wrestler Edge, had, they found his name as a shipping recipient of some steroids, right? And they asked him about it and he's just like, yeah, I had a broken neck. And this is my job, and I'm trying to come back in faster than 18 months because I, I only have a small window to make money in this job. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, that is a perfectly reasonable answer for me for literally, like, your competitive advantage. I mean, that's also in that job. There's no competitive advantage. Like, this is fighting and it's a sport. But, like, mm -hmm. what is this competitive advantage if, if anybody does want to take them when they're injured? You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Oh, you came back from injury faster? Like, that's, I'm, I think we're all okay mm -hmm. with that, right? Like, that's anyway. Um, but if he doesn't come back, I still think Marcus Ma, him beating Barrow the first time um, mm -hmm. was one of the coolest, like all around moments this uh, UFC's ever had. I thought we're like none of us knew TJ could strike like that, and he put on a performance that no one's ever going to forget. And I'm like before everything fell apart with him and all of their relationships, like how proud Dwayne was. How proud Uriah was. How proud his whole, proud his whole family. The whole moment, I remember thinking it was so cool. So if he never comes back, happy for the, you know, thank you for the fights, right? I know you were a big, I was a big TJ fan too. Yeah, no, I mean, he had a really surprising career. You know, it definitely seemed early on that he was going to fall into this kind of archetype of fighter, much like the whole camp alpha male was. Like, these are all great wrestlers and they have some power standing up. But, you know, this, the stand-up technique seems to be fairly limited. Um, and TJ really took to striking in a big way and really elevated his game uh, to that level that it needed to be to become the star that he did become, you know, and ultimately 
injuries and drug use, you know, I think probably hampered his legacy a good bit. But, you know, for the end of the day, for me, uh, I just was thoroughly impressed with how much he elevated himself as a fighter. You know, I really didn't think early on he was going to be much more than just that. A guy who was really good at wrestling, maybe had some power standing up. But the way he fights stand up, you know, it's not just that like he utilizes kicks. He was, you know, one of the first guys that was switching stances fairly frequently was using that to generate different offense and kind of throw. I mean, there was other guys. Dominic was doing it. uh, uh, DJ was too. But it was for a guy that didn't really have that kind of level of technique in the stand to start doing that stuff. And and now we see a, a lot of fighter switch stances. It's become, you know, much more uh, of a big factor in, in the fight game. But yeah, I was mostly, I was just like, I was thoroughly impressed with how much he improved, how exciting his fights were. Um, and then this, you know, the downfall has been a little tough, you know, uh, it, obviously his last fight, um, it's probably going to stick with him for a but while. It's really hard and to then, come out of this sport clean, isn't it, huh, Mark? Like, it's like, even like even if you're like, oh, you get old, you get beat up on the way out, you know, your skills diminish, you get up, beat up. It's just something gets you, man, and it's hard well, to, like, Well, it's either ca- that maintain or, it. I mean, when you look at Habib, who kind of did it the best way, you know, like he ended up on top. But we'll always question, like, well, how much more dominant could your reign have been? You were on top, and you kind of just quit. And it's like I'm going to say GSP literally GSP's got the best example in MMA still because he came back just to make a point. Missed to make a point. GSP probably has the best because he retired right when the competition was like right there. Like that Hendricks fight, he barely got away. And then he did the Randy Couture thing when he saw a weak division. He's like, you know what? Let me stamp that belt real quick. Although in fairness fairness to to GSP, (laughs) he probably also saw. This motherfucker is juiced to the tits. <laughs> We're not going to do anything that. about this? <laughs> like, You think this guy has got valid. the fucking death touch? What is this? Is that? By the way, why didn't Johnny Hendricks ever just get fucking Brandon, Brandon Vera side and go size and go to one? I think there's still time for that, yeah. Mark. Just saying. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, man, yeah, it's hard to get out of this thing clean. And TJ gave us great memories. I hope he comes back, man. Sure. You know... I wasn't thrilled with how he handled this title shot. Honestly, I think he really wasted every, I think, I mean, I think I might've used the word and I still will. I think we were all, they perpetrated a fraud on the public who paid for that, that fight, Mm -hmm. that way he went into that fight. But like all in all, man, thank anybody who gave us that much entertainment in the cage. When he retires, is he still, he's still contractually obligated, right? They they do the freezing contract thing, but it also has an end date now because since the lawsuit, it's how GSP finally got out of his contract. Like, what yeah. was GSP's last fight four years ago, five years ago? He's finally out? There you go. Yeah, because I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he one. winds up in bare knuckle or something. You know, I mean, one, maybe. Didn't I just Chad do it, too? Didn't Chad do bare knuckle? Am I, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, he got one in there. I, I think he did. So, I mean, it's just like there's a lot of opportunities out there, right? And if he's not contractually obligated to go back to the UFC, and depending on how he recovers, if he's not feeling like he's tip-top, maybe he does want yeah, to go Tiki's to. Yeah, Tiki's his manager. Tiki, go get him paid on bare knuckle. All right. Sure. And I think the other day too, it does seem like he at least has some other avenues to make money. So you never want to see guys get back in the sport because it's like, that's the only way I know how to make money and I got to pay bills. That's where it becomes really kind of sad and, mm. you know, kind of detrimental. Um, but if he's still, if he's okay and he still has the passion to compete, um, there might be other avenues where maybe the competition isn't, you know, cause I, I, we don't need to see him come back and be like, Oh, he's going to fight. Mm-hmm. whoever the champion is at 35 but you know we'll see how it lays out i mean we're going to talk about an event where a guy retired what three months ago and is back so we yeah know we'll how see. that goes let's see how long it lasts um and before we get into the james Krause thing man we just hope dustin poirier is okay 
Um, Mikey's out right now in the hospital. He's second days there with staff. I think we've all seen the pictures of, look, the worst example is Kevin Holland. Not Kevin, not Kevin Randleman, right? Like, that's the one for all of us MMA fans where you could see into Kevin Holland's fucking hole. In his yeah. fucking, you could see into his fucking chest, basically, through his armpit. As, hope he's okay. It's really all we can say, right? Um, anyway. Um, so we talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, when this happened, but basically there was a situation with James Krause is, uh, James Krause's fighter, uh, Minner, where a lot of unusual betting activity came in and, uh, a lot of sports books and the more details came out of that in which like a bunch of sports books were getting hit for like six figure payouts on very unusual betting. Uh, one of them actually failed one of these bets, Mark, because they tried to uh, mask it around a parlay, a football parlay, and oh, it was tied okay. to it was tied to the Bills being the Jets, which was at the time an easy win. But uh, the Jets somehow pulled a miracle off, and literally this person blew a hundred thousand dollar payout <laughs> in this thing too. But um, basically, the, Jet, the, the Jets will fuck you any which way, man. Yeah, easy win. Oof, they really will. Um, basically, the UFC. Well, a couple things happened this week. First, we started hearing like, hey. First, there was the investigation that we, the UFC's got their own watchdog thing. And the UFC, Dana White's like, look, there's no proof that anybody bet on anything. And everybody's like, you sure? Because this just happened like two days ago. Like, are you sure? You don't want to check? Then the Ontario Athletic Commission, which in case you're curious how many people live in Ontario, Canada, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, 15 million people. That's a lot of people. There's only 40 million people in Canada. Um, Ontario is where Toronto is, yes? Yeah, and it's also where um, uh, Ottawa is. It's like two of the biggest cities in the... It's the capital of Canada. So uh, they said we're not, they're not going to do any more UFC betting. Specifically UFC betting, citing this. Citing the integrity of the matchups and knowing whether the legitimacy of the outcomes. And then, Mark, you said another province too, right? Hit them after that, wasn't it? I thought so. Um a couple places, I, I think another, I think yeah. New Jersey might have said something too, maybe. I think basically um, what happened is essentially the entire, the, 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 what the UFC, what Dana White and the Verditas built, the whole legitimacy of this sport, everything became, uh, and, and getting accepted by the government, everything got uh, put into question all at once because of James Krause. Um, basically, everybody thinks he, through some means, found a way to bet a lot of money on his fighter who went into a fight compromised. And um, yeah, he's not allowed to corner people anymore. And you're not allowed to train with him either. Um, if you do, you're not allowed to fight in the UFC. And, and and that's UFC. And I think even Bellator said it too. Like Bellator I think a lot said of they'll, they'll, they'll follow. Are... Yeah, Bellator do that too. So here's the problem. Uh, immediate issue before we talk about James Krause's issues. Mike, it's a fucking uh, flyweight championship fight happening next month in Rio where the interim champion, uh, Brandon Moreno, is coached by James Krause. And Brandon seems like he's pretty uh, upset about what's going on. He thinks that he's waiting for justice to prevail or whatever, which uh, we don't we don't know what happened here, but Brandon, this might be justice what's happening here, because we don't know. Um, Mike, before we get into the how, how fuck James Krause is, Man, poor Brandon, huh? What do we even say about his situation? Oh, you got to say that Brandon 
I would say is pretty fucked here as well because considering the fight card we're just about to preview that's coming up this Saturday where Glover Teixeira lost his title shot because the UFC was like, no, no, we have a schedule to keep. If you want to fight, it has to be on this card. I don't think Brandon's going to have the benefit of being able to go to the UFC to say, hey, can we wait to see if my alleged cheater of a head coach um, isn't in on this fix? Can I just postpone this fight for another date? So it seems like if he still wants to get the title shot, he's going to have to do it without, you know, the, the, the coach he's been with for like, what, the last year or so how long has he been with james cross maybe about a year and a half at this point i think he left his team after he did james cross get him the title too the first time do we know when he left his gym i think so i'll I'll try to look it up go ahead Mm -hmm. but but yeah um it it kind of sucks for brandon moreno because i don't think he's gonna get the benefit of having the fight postponed so He's kind of fucked there. And look, James Krause, we talked about this a few weeks ago. This year. This year he joined this him. Year. I think before okay. he got the, I think when he got the interim title back, I think going into the Kai Kara France fight is when he joined him. So yeah. Well, we talked about James Krause a few weeks ago when it happened. And I think all of us were of the but of the thought, there's no way he he. Like I know he's very open with his betting, but this just seemed too stupid. He's to into, people are saying his interview in MMA Hour like months ago, where he talks about his like Discord and stuff. Essentially, was just like not admitting exactly to what happened, but like it's not painting him in a good light, you know. In general, um, he's fucked, Mark. Right? Like he's fucked. Like if he did this, he's definitely fucked. But uh. He better. It, it, I mean, it, it if seems he, like the ramifications are bigger than his. I mean, for him personally, yeah. Like it, it which is unfortunate. But you know, you kind of reap what you sow, and this is kind of the backlash of you know betting becoming so prominent in this sport, right? Like in the last couple of years, it has become a cornerstone of what we talk about. Like when we're picking fights, we're we're talking about favorites and underdogs and betting lines. The fucking UFC uses it as a major stat point at this point. When I was watching Wonder Boy, it was like, oh, Wonder Boy's only been an underdog in two of his last 10 fights. Like, they're using this as a, another statistic, just like, like significant yeah. strikes and control. Um, so it's become a huge cornerstone of how they're marketing the sport. And for this to happen, what we were saying when it first happened, at least what I was saying, was like, I was, I was interested to see what the backlash would be with James. Like, yeah, would he get, you know, banned from, you know, being at UFC events and would his fighters have to have ramifications? Like what exactly would his punishment be if they found anything? Right. And I think back then we kind of thought like, Oh, they won't find anything. We'll just move on. Like nothing happened. But the bigger ramification is like, now there are government bodies that are banning the, the their specific brand for being betted on. And that's, you know, going to take a big slice out of UFC. If, if more jurisdiction comes in and, and more governing bodies are like, oh, yeah, you know, this this sport doesn't seem like because they have their own matchmakers. Because I mean, look, we, we can talk about boxing and boxing has all these different commissions that have to put these fights together. There's lots of negotiating, which kind of fucks up boxing because it's like, oh, we can't get the fights we want because 
this guy's a WBO champion, this guy's WBA, and then their rankings are all different, and this guy doesn't want to do that, and they can't get the, you know, so we don't see some of the big fights we want to see. Well, it's all in the UFC's house, so it's like, well, they control everything. They're making the matchups, and if these governing bodies are like, oh, well, that's not fair, like, you know, I this isn't a, this isn't a kind of structure that we feel comfortable having bets on, you know, let's ban, you know, UFC from getting bets, you know, and that'll take a huge chunk out of the company. Um, and how they market the sports. So this 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 oopsies from James could have much bigger ramifications than just how he's going to be dealt with. It'll be interesting to see how it all folds yeah, out. But I really, it, I mean, yeah, it seems to be snowballing. I hope he didn't bit, do it. So it's not great. That's all we can say, Mike. You had something you wanted to add? Uh, yeah, I guess just a quick question to throw to you guys. Um, I, I think I know how I feel on this, but do you think that punishment is sufficient? That he's not allowed to fight, fight coach fighters in the UFC? Yeah, like the fact that they've basically gone uh, scorched thirst with him. Because I, oh, sufficient I think, or you're saying I, is it too far? You're asking me if it's sufficient yeah, or, or is it too I, far? I think, I think it's the correct response. Um, I don't think they have a choice. I want to hear your thoughts. I, personally, me, I don't, I don't think he has a choice. they have a choice. I think they have to do this. I think they absolutely yeah. have to do this. I think it would have looked real weird. If they let him get to the next time, next event, again, like the, the, the pay-per-view, when they want to put him on fucking ESPN Plus with this thing, uh, this fight, which is somehow the co-main event, not main event, but whatever, um, this title fight they're going to put on pay-per-view. They, I think they had to do it. And I mean, Brandon is essentially uh, collateral damage here. Yeah, Bob, what is the the line here? He can't, like his fighters? His fighter, he, he cannot corner or train anybody okay. in the UFC. If you train with him, which I don't know how you're going to regulate this. Just right. put that out there. But like, you don't get to fight in the UFC. Okay. Which I yeah. wonder if under the table, they're like, Brandon, you fucking go fucking meet with this dude in an apart- a studio apartment and he gives you advice, whatever. But like, sure. don't get caught in the next six weeks. Maybe they told the, the UFC tells them under the table. But like, they you can't like, we can't think this is fake. You can't think these aren't real fights. That's like literally, they, they people <clears throat> are accusing him of sending like they could have pulled out of the fight, they didn't. And then yeah. this isn't just the guy needed the money. Like apparently, like they hit six. Someone hit six sports books. Like yeah, <laughs> and this is right around the same time where we had multiple fighters, just like TJ, where we've had a lot of high profile fights ending in injury very quickly, mm. which leads you to believe that they might've been coming in injured, which could then lead to these kind of predicaments where they could be betting against themselves. Cause they know like, well, I'm injured. I'm not yeah. going to win this fight. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, m- make my money elsewhere. And when we talked about weeks ago, like the perspective of the fighters and it's like, well, you know, I can either not get paid at all and have to recoup. And it could be years before I get another paycheck or, yeah, I could go in injured. Maybe I'll put a bet on the, way, on the, the people, other guy. I'm going to defend the UFC here because some people are just like, oh, how the UFC's got a medical team. How did they not you know, catch this, this, or that, mm. right? Hey, man, how often do you go to the doctor and like they definitely figure out what's wrong with you? And imagine how, how much harder that would be for that doctor if you were hiding it. Like, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, how easy would that be? Unless they're not going to give you a fucking x-ray. And they're not going to, you know, they're not going to do an MRI just because they, what, we'll see what happens. They're giving you a blood test. They're giving you a quick little tap you fucking around. Okay, you're good to go. They're not asking you to like, can you do a Hindu squat? Like, yeah, no, this well, is. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the UFC is not really interested in their physicians, you know, stopping fights from yeah, happening. We not, already have yeah. enough. 
yeah. fights getting canceled that we don't want you know more yeah. instances where it's like yeah at the zero they, hour they, don't, the physician, they already have people coming together and realizing how much they're fucking the fighters on pay let's not look for another reason like with a question like wait yeah. there hey man if people want to watch fake fighting there's a whole nother show about that it's called sure, they have multiple leagues and yeah you know what there's tables it's called rising and chairs I'm oh rising <laughs> i'm okay. kidding no i'm talking about seriously man it's wrestling. About rising. yeah but like come on man let's do this uh let's, let's keep going here um i thought there was another story i wanted to bring up and i've lost my train of thought but what are you gonna do um well let's talk about this card from this past weekend that happened actually um Is uh, we got uh, I think the the reports of Wonderboy Thompson's demise, Mark, have been greatly uh, exaggerated. I think there's still some lead in that mm. pencil, man. That dude sure. can still bang. What do you think of his performance against uh, against uh, Kevin Holland? It was great. I mean, like they were saying in the booth, you know, probably one of his best performances, uh, and, and that really, you know, half of that respect has to be paid to Kevin Holland, who really made it a fight that would be a crowd pleaser but also would kind of work in thompson's benefit you know they basically had like a gentleman's agreement that there wasn't going to be any grappling in this fight and that seems to be really where thompson has struggled with in his last couple fights with muhammad and with um, burns was like these guys can implement a strong grappling game which is something that thompson's always kind of struggled with well i mean i don't think he's honestly a bad grappler it's just you're facing some dudes also who are just gonna fucking like special burns especially like it's it's his weak point. I mean, yeah, it is. It, That's it's, true. it's a part of his That's game true. that he's not necessarily strong is, and, and stand up is right. And, and Kevin Holland, I kind of look at it as being more well rounded. Where like he has a good stand up game, he has a lot of power. Um, but his ground game is really good, and his submission game is really good. So to kind of negate all of that and just kind of agree that we are just going to have a standing war, I don't think ne- necessarily benefited him. And I think the results show that. That being said, for Kevin Holland's standpoint. From a guy that, you know, like we just mentioned earlier, like three months ago, basically said he was retired and he only wanted the big fights. I don't know if his head's really in the spot where it's like, I need to get W's. Like, I need to win. I don't care how it. I think his head's kind of like, I want to have big, high profile fights and get paid. And I want to have exciting fights that win over fans and get into that that kind of realm of the a Nate Nick Diaz McGregor where it's like, look at. The guy might not win all the time, but like he's on the card, you know he's going to have a good fight. And I think Kevin can perform those types of fights. In fact, watching this, I was like, man, I would really like to see him and Nate fight because I think that would have been fucking fantastic. Man, he's only um, he's only thirty years old. We're already gonna at the point where like we're gonna assume this guy can't win. Like he he could win. I mean, look, he got smoked by Chimaev, but like he's a really good fighter. We're just already at the point where like this dude's just here to fucking throw down. Like he's gonna be Matt Brown. I, like I don't personally don't hate a fighter that is in the mind i think i think it's gonna be tough to do i don't hate fighters that are like i want to have well you go home with half your paycheck though i mean you're banking on maybe getting the fight of the night like he did this time but like well and i think what he's banking on which i think is a tough road is that if he keeps having exciting fights he'll keep getting high profile fights and will still you know maybe garner you know hopefully he he'll need to win some of them but I, I don't. I mean, like, and I can't say if that's his his mindset. But like, that's kind of what I was thinking. Was like, okay, this guy just retired. He just said he wanted big fights. He might be in this same headset that we've seen other fighters like Michael Chandler, where it's like, I'm going to go out there and bang, do or die. I'm going to put on a fantastic fight. Fans are going to want to see me fight. I deserve a, a 
a commanding paycheck for that. I don't know if Kevin Holland is going to get that, but that's kind of what I read in this fight. And ultimately, you know, breaking down this fight, he won the first round. I think early on in this fight, he kind of figured out like he took some clean punches from Thompson. And I think he realized as long as I can see these punches coming, these don't got enough muster to stop me. Cause like he did not have Thompson does not have the punching power. Oh no. Wilt Kevin uh, Holland. He he said as much, didn't he? Before the fight, he's just like, I, he's like, I hit like a truck. That's the difference. Yeah. I hit like a truck and he does. He won the first round because he landed a solid shot, which Thompson, you know, couldn't, because one thing Kevin did really well was like he rolls with the punches. You know, he he he's moving back when he's getting hit. When he's getting hit, he sees the punches. He's rolling with them so that he's not getting full impact. When he hit Thompson in the first round, that really rattled him. Like Thompson ate all of that. Like that was all brain damage right there. The problem was the kicks, right? Uh, Thompson's kicks are do have that kind of power, do have that fight ending power. And even though Kevin, with his defense, was pretty on point getting his hands up. We, we've seen multiple times in different fights that, you know, taking the blunt of those kicks, if you're taking them repeatedly, can injure your forearm, your hand. And that's kind of what happened here. One of his big spinning kicks, he blocked to the head, but it looked like it messed up his right hand, which severely compromised him for the rest of the fight. And Thompson also landed some good kicks. Once he started going to the body, um, I think that opened up a new avenue. But overall, like like you mentioned earlier, Bobby, this was just a really fun fight, I think contender for fight of the year potentially it, it's not going to be my I, fight I have the, the year, fucking memory of a goldfish with this stuff I'm literally going to have to go Google all this stuff before we make that decision Mike what do you think of this Kevin Holland let's just fucking go bang and you know I'm going to let a kick a, a fucking 50 and 0 kickboxer or whatever Wonderboy is stand back up what do we think what uh, do you think of this uh, I think it's stupid um, I think <laughs> I think the name of the game is to try to win the fight um, look entertain the fans sure but um this hurts his career, um, restricting a weapon that he might have an advantage over um, Wonderboy in. So great for us. Well, great for you guys because somehow, even though I'm still on the West Coast, I fell asleep during this card. But great for you know the people who were able to watch the card. Um, it was an entertaining fight um, from the clips I've seen, but it wasn't in the best interest. Of, of Kevin Holland. Um, so it was a stupid decision, in my opinion. Yeah. By the way, Mike, I got Ricky Simon on uh, Twitter accusing TJ um, of doing what we think is the smart move. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing snake emoji, needle emoji, snake emoji. I, we were talking about this today, you and me, Mike. Um, I know we're getting back to this other fucking topic, but whatever. Okay. Um, this we're we're at we're at an 80, 80, 82, 18 split in revenue in this sport, and instead we got fighters and stuff bitching about like Connor being on steroids while he has a broken leg, or now this shit with TJ Dillashaw is a fucking joke, huh? What do you think, man? It's a fucking joke. <laughs> I think that is a very common tactic by management. Mm-hmm. If you have the underlings uh, fighting amongst themselves. They won't realize how they're getting fucked by the big guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, even more so here, it's not like we all work at Walmart and it's like, oh, it's all in our best interest. It's like, no, we're literally, they're literally competing with each other. Literally, their job is to fight and beat each other. You know, up. You know what? Honestly, I think these, all these dudes should recognize that this motherfucker is the reason your paychecks have all gone up threefold in the last fucking eight years. And also, 
if they find a way to make, if they say that if you're on the injured list, you don't get drug tested by USADA, it's fucking bad, good for everybody. It, there's no one who suffers from that, right, Mark? Who's, who suffers in that regard? Yeah, you're, you're out injured. I mean, who suffers? Yeah, I'm not. I'm you're not, not punching. Of, uh, I mean, you I, mean know, I know you're I not a steroid guy, but like, testing. Yeah, yeah, but like, at least but, you can. But I agree. Like, yeah, if you're, it, it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> that you mentioned like Travis Brown is still getting drug tests. Like, he's on a fucking farm with Ronda Rousey. Like, dude's not sniffing fighting anymore. Why does he have to piss in a cup for you every three months? Who gives a shit? Um, and especially, yeah, if the guy's injured, it's like steroids are used to heal people, right? I mean. They get recovery. a bad rap because, mm-hmm. yeah, because people that are bodybuilding or whatever use them to, you know, when their muscles need to basically recoup to rebuild, they use steroids to fix that and then work out more to just elevate, you know, how many more times they could do more reps and whatever the case may be. Or just, you know, it, it doesn't make you stronger. It just allows you to keep training because you're not feeling the fatigue of the wear and tear of your body. So, like, when you're injured, it's like, I'm not fighting. Why am I still in Who the cares? pool? Yeah, <laughs> and it also just seems like Usada purposely sometimes. I mean, maybe it is to try to catch people that are popping to show their times. own value, like, so they keep their jobs. Well, but it's just like they'll come in at like midnight or t- like wasn't it Paula Costa's like they came in at like midnight bef- the day before weigh-ins to do my. They, drug they try to get DC like at like five a.m. on a fight week, and he's like, "I'm not." Yeah, I mean. <sighs> And we get it to some extent. It's like, oh well, you know, if they're going to do something, they might do it, you know, right before. There was no collective it, bar. Like- there was no collective bargaining. This was forced on all of them. Yeah. And if this fucking angry Irish man with a bunch of questionable life decisions blesses you all again by changing the game in another way for you, if this somehow works, if this somehow gets, if they make some sort of change to Usada because of this. By the way, mm-hmm. M- Mike, I am fucking shocked they renewed any sort of contract with Usada. Why? Just say we're doing it in-house. Why? Who? No one gave a fuck, right? Does anybody give a fuck? They're printing money over there. Why are we giving any money to USADA? Just say you're doing it. In- fuck it. We decided we're going to, it's not our job to drug test people. It's the job of the fucking athletic commission. They all, they're all taking a cut of every, the UFC should literally say, we go out there, we put on a fucking show, they take X percentage of the money, okay? That is what they put. We, if you want them to do better, tell them to do better. When... Mm-hmm. When we were on our walk earlier with your lovely dog, Luna, mm-hmm. I made a comment that, I don't know, I think I enjoyed the UFC when we were at the height of, you know, everyone was on TRT because everyone had a testosterone deficiency. All right? You saw, some, you saw some superheroes emerge from that time period. How fun was it seeing Uberim just go into the octagon, 265 pounds of like a 12-pack? It was amazing. I mean, well, what was the other dude's name? Um, the one that knocked out Michael Bisping's eye. TRT Yeah. Ah, TRT Vitor. Come on. He has a literal, like, if they were making action figures for the UFC, they would have to have two for Vitor. What was Joe Joe Rogan's quote today, Mike, about uh, Conor McGregor and the USADA Cup going (laughs) to repeat that for people? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Joe Rogan, um, I would assume on one of his episodes of his podcast, um, essentially said that uh, if Conor were to piss at a, at a USADA cup right now, he would just melt the bottom of the cup as to how hot that piss <laughs> is. Hey, man, TRT Vitor knocked out Vander Holyfield. But, but <laughs> all, 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 all jokes aside, I, I agree with you. I don't think anyone's clamoring for this. This isn't, this isn't baseball, I think, where people are like, oh, we need our records to be pure you know, anything like that. 
I think we were kind of over. Um, you know, fight a whole bunch of fighters is getting popped. Um, then Dude, the your effort. favorite athletes are on something. Okay, it's just the way it is. We all accept it and move on. Um, before we move on from this stuff, just want to say this. I I would appreciate. I really don't need everybody wildly speculating whenever a female fight gets scrapped that one of them is pregnant. Like that what? is that is what's happening. Everybody's convinced Tracy Cortez is pregnant. By the way. That is what everybody's saying. Um, just everybody just try to be adults here, bro. Um, which was unlikely given the matchup that they had booked already between Tracy Cortez and Amanda Hebos, given how the internet was reacting to that. Um, this was a pretty good card, by the way. I had like eight finishes in a row at one point. It looked like this one. But mm-hmm. anyway, let's do um let's have a let's let's put a little fight into our uh, fights we like. Uh, you know, library. Mark's got something for us uh, this week. And then we're going to make our picks for yeah. UFC 282, which is another adventurous card. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as I've been hand-selecting my pride fights, I've been kind of, I would say for the most part, and I think the two weeks ago when I was on um, Less Obscure, I- I'm starting to get into the heavy hitters. And I was looking for a fight this week, and I was looking through the cards, and I was like, oh, have I said this one? This is easily one of my favorite pride fights of the whole i don't know franchise i don't know what you call organization um this was at uh pride 19 bad blood uh fantastic uh card in and of itself um uh this fight has often been contested as the seven most exciting minutes in mma especially when it when it happened you know now there's there's been lots of really exciting fights but uh this is carlos newton versus jose pele landy at pride 19 um Easily one of my favorite fights. Uh, I did not, at this point, I did not really know who Pele was. Um, I knew he was kind of top dog at Chudo Box. Like, he was the legend. He was the man at Chudo Box. Like, Vanderlei was kind of the upstart. Um, and then you had, you know, Ninja and Shogun following suit. But Pele was kind of like the fucking man. And, 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 he, and he is in his own right. Um, Pele and a lot of the Chudo Box guys cut their teeth at uh, IVF, which was uh, Brazil's valley judo kind of big organization where 170 uh fought chuck liddell and almost knocked him out um and then even more famously he knocked out matt hughes before hughes beat carlos newton for the belt so there was a lot of hype around uh pele now when pele got into pride it did not go super well for him. His first fight was against uh, Daijiro Matsui. Mike, you remember that's the Bob Schreiber guy, his opponent, the little Japanese guy. Uh, you know, he's a workhorse, but not a top tier guy. You know, really l- kind of limited skill set. And he beat Pele. That was Matsui's biggest win of his whole career. He he was able to just ground him and win the the fights on points. Uh, coming into this fight, uh, Pele was coming off that loss to Matsui. Carlos Newton has had just lost the welterweight belt to Matt Hughes off the big triangle slam. So these guys were both looking for wins and what a contradiction in styles to uh, Carlos Newton. For those who don't know is a can- Canadian jujitsu master. He was, you know, one of the best grapplers in the lower weight classes. Um, you know, he beat Pat Militage to get that belt with a bulldog choke. Um, he had a classic fight with Dan Henderson early in UFC and was very close to winning that tournament. Um, all around, one of my favorite uh, fighters. You know, he used he do, he would do the Kamehameha as his win, and then you had this just killer of shooto box in Jose Pele Landy. 
Um, and the fight produced like this was such a fun fight, not only because Carlos was able to take Pele down multiple times. They both were scrambling on the ground, going for submissions. And then obviously the the big moment in the fight and, and what a what a great camera setup to see this shot. Pele's, you know, devastating with his knees. Like I mentioned, he knocked out uh, Matt Hughes with a flying knee on a takedown. He blasts Carlos Newton with this knee. Like basically Carlos kind of went for a shot and he blasts him with this standing knee that basically almost like took Carlos. It sounded like a baseball bat broke in half. Blew him back. Yeah. <laughs> and Carlos took it, gave him a thumbs up, and they kind of kept going. And then he, uh, Pele made a horrible move. He took he took Carlos down. You know, when he had him hurt and then Carlos was able to reverse and then got a beautiful arm bar. Um, it's also one of the things watching it again, like Carlos was obviously like he's a very friendly, fun guy. Like you can just tell he's a fun, loving guy. And at the end of that, when you can just tell like he was so proud of himself and happy, but just glad that him and Pele had this classic fight. So he's after the fight, he's trying to like get on Pele and be like, oh, man, what a great fight. Pele's not having any of this fucking shit. He's like, fuck this. He tries to leave the ring immediately. Um, and they wouldn't have it, but I couldn't recommend another fight more. It's seven minutes. It's not long. It's finished in the first round, but it's action packed. And that, and, and to be fair, Carlos gets hit with a knee before that, when he kind of, he kind of goes in for a takedown, he's low and he gets blasted with a knee. And even then it was like, Ooh, that was a tough shot. But this knee that he took was probably one of the most brutal knees I've ever seen, you know, outside of like someone who actually got finished. I don't think I've seen a more brutal knee where someone took it and survived as well as Carlos, you know, not scratch on him to his credit, but yeah, just one of the all time best pride fights for sure. Easy pick. Oh, uh, you're muted, Bob. Sorry. Get that pride. Uh, get that fight pass subscription off. Watch pride 19. You can YouTube it. I YouTube it. You got the whole English version right there. Who put that up? Is this a, is this a, I don't know. Some guy is, uh, I could look it up. Some pirate. You just put Newton Pele. There's a bunch of them, but someone has the English broadcast one too, which was also fun. Uh, Quadros has a, a nice interview with, uh, uh, Carlos before. Well, and you you, you got the Don Fry Ken Shamrock fight on that card though. That, L- yeah. That, that one, that one I will talk about at some point. It is a good fight, but. It's a little bit of a battle of attrition for mm. the for the combatants and the viewers because the first round's basically them in an over under clinch, just pounding each other's rib cages for literally ten minutes. Yeah, yo, this um, fight was twenty but, years ago. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Yeah, you yeah. you remember watching? Were you watching this one live? You think two thousand two? Maybe, mm, maybe, maybe. Not. I'm not sure. I honestly don't remember if that. If we were I don't remember which ones. I don't remember which ones you watched live. I watched live with you. Which ones we like? I think it was later. when I started doing tournaments. I think it was a little after. But I this feel, was I feel one, I think, for sure. Yeah. I, I got this tape. This was an old eBay snack. Okay. I think they had 14 to 19 in a little collection of VHS tapes. And I was like, oh, This baby. wasn't a Sam Goody? This wasn't an FYE no, situation? I mean, they, they were so far behind putting stuff out on VHS and DVD. And at this point, I was kind of fully on board. And I was like, I need to see these fights. I mean, this is... In that collection of, I think it was either 14 to 19 or something, it had championship uh, chaos. So that's where Big Nog and Henderson, not Henderson, uh, Heath Herring fought. And there was just a lot of high-profile fights. And, and the last one was Pride 19 with Ken Shamrock and Don Fry. And I was like, oh, I got to 
this is this is a, that is, a that is spicy the, meatball, not the chomp at, Mike, so. that is the fight famously when, when Don Fry talks about it. He says, man, if you fight somebody for 20 minutes and you're still angry afterwards, something's wrong with you. Many Your fights. Words have never been spoken. Well, then we've had a bunch of feuds in <laughs> MMA where I'm like on fight number three sometimes. But yeah. anyway. Um, all right, boys and girls. Mike, it's time to go make some picks for this pay-per-view this weekend. Um, why don't you go ahead and give a breakdown of where we are standings-wise. I can do that, Babo. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, the last fights we picked were the was the UFC New York card, uh, damn near a month ago when uh, Bobby made it and it's an amazing, um, you know, outing. But uh, as of today, Bobby, you are still in first with a record of sixty three and thirty two. I am bringing up the rear one win behind Ooh. at 62 and 33. Uh, Chuck and DJ Mark with a K had pretty good outings. Uh, DJ Mark actually went six and one in pick, the pick that main uh, event New York correct, card. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was a good, it was right. a good, good, good bounce back. But yeah, <laughs> I did terrible. <laughs> Uh, with their performances, however, um, Chuck and DJ Mark are now tied. Uh, at 60 and 35. So if I'm correct here, you're one game back and Mark is three games back. That would be correct. All right. We're, we're getting close here. I think we have this event. How many more UFC events do we got? We got this one. Then we have Cannoneer versus Strickland. And then that's it for UFC. Uh, I don't like this. We're probably... Mike doesn't like that Bellator versus Ryzen might be a decision factor in December. No, 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 no. That, that's not what I like. I don't like... That in December with three weeks left, I'm only a win back. You thought you were done? I don't want to go through this again. I don't look. I really hope, and I say this in half honesty. I really hope that if we go on different fights this week, Bobby, I I hope I lose. I don't think we're going I on different I'm fights, wrong. buddy. I think next week. I, is, I I think I think we're on the same page in this card that we were talking earlier. I, I really hope. <laughs> I really hope last week of the season I am not within spitting distance. I Where you need Horaguchi, you need Horaguchi to knock out some dude in Bellator. <laughs> You're gonna be watching that shit in Japan <laughs> from Japan at like two a.m. <laughs> hey man, you might win this year. This is this could be your year. I'm only one up. You know, I was already thinking like, man, I have to shift this title across the country. I'm not picking well recently. I had like a six game lead. Mm. I thought at one point, what happened? I got a little fucking Brad Riddell. Fucking Brad, fucking Brad Riddell. Who's the other motherfucker I picked? I picked another fucking guy from that team, I think, is where I went wrong. You, you picked you Frankie. Picked I think that was... Oh, uh, Frankie was dumb. <laughs> uh, that one's just my bad. All right, entirely. Riddell won. Riddell looked like he wasn't ready to fight. That was bullshit. Okay. Um, we talked about how we got to Jan Blahovich versus Magomed Ankaleyev, um when it got booked a week ago. Um... By the way, uh, Blahovich being apparently the last person to know he was getting a title shot. Um, betting odds for this one. Who has them up? I do. Okay. Um, we got Magomed at minus 265 on DraftKings, minus 260 on FanDuel, plus 225 to Jan on DraftKings, plus 196 on FanDuel. Bro, if you're picking an underdog, you should bet on, you should bet on DraftKings, guys. Just <laughs> it, it seems to pay out better. Um, Magomed... I don't know if he's lost in this company. Let me look. Magomed I is, don't. Has he? He has won. Yeah, he lost he his got, He got Craig. He got Paul Craig. <laughs> he got triangle choked on his way into the company. <laughs> um, no shame there. Since then, though, rattled off nine straight. Um, or is that 10 straight? I think it's nine. 
Um, Jan Blahovich, since losing that title to Glover Teixeira, um, was fought Alexander Rakic back in May. I think he was winning before Rakic's knee exploded. Yeah, I, I think. remember. I think he was, though. I, I think, think. Well, enough that we thought that he deserved a title shot on some level, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm, I got Magomed. Magomed, I got. I. You don't got me. I know a lot of people think that Glud, he's it's a lot of good money to be made here with Jan, especially Jan inside the distance. Um, I I just think picking against any of these Dagestani dudes right now is... Uh, man, this fucking warlord is going to have like four UFC champions, and we were talking about Conor McGregor and USADA. But anyway, I got Magomed. Uh, Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I'm on the same boat. Um, it's tough. I think the Glover fight sticks out the most where Glover was able to ground him and finish him. Mm-hmm. And that's all that Magomed is going to try to do is ground him. I don't know necessarily if he's going to finish him. He's he got, not really he got looking zero at zero subs. He's never subbed anyone. He's just going to beat your ass. That's it. He's going to beat your ass. Yeah. For a guy who's so dominant in the wrestling and grappling, you really would think he would just get a, <laughs> uh, you know, a choke in at some no, point. He might, he might just of, fucking but, grapple this guy for 25 minutes. It could be a real snoozer. There's a real shot right. possibility here. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that's mostly it. Yeah, I think that fight stands out the most, you know. And and we do look at Jan's uh, credentials here. He hasn't. He has a couple fights in here where it's like, okay, he fought some wrestlers and did good. He beat Corey Anderson, even though he lost to him the first time. Um, but there's a handful of wrestlers in here, like uh, Patrick Cummings. And look, at that was a good Jesus five years ago. So like, I think he's kind of strengthen some of those aspects of his game, but yeah, it, it's hard to pick against uh, Mac Lomet at this point. So yeah, got to go with the favorite Mike. It's, I think it's going to be very difficult for this would be a difficult match for Jan with a full training camp. I think it's very difficult to prepare for someone with Magomed's wrestling on this shorter notice. Um, yeah. Glover so, thoughts better of it. Yeah, um, Glover was probably very smart in his uh, decision. Uh, with that said, um, Dagestani's have been on a roll over the uh, the last six months or so. Um, I think that Magomed is more appropriately suited in a last-minute uh, fight like this to take, uh, take over, so I'm going with him. All right, uh... Patty Pimblett, um, Patrick Patty Pimblett taking on Jared Gordon, um, Jared Flash Gordon. Really had no other choice with that nickname, huh, buddy? Um, man's been part of like five MMA teams. He's currently part of the Cl- Kill Cliff uh, gym, which is a uh, team working out of Florida uh, with Henry Hooft. All right. Um, Jared Gordon's on a uh, one-fight win streak. Beat Leandro Santos, uh, but he's won four of six over four or five overall. Only loss being to some gentleman named Grant Dawson that nobody here knows who that is. It's the reason I'm bringing that up. Um, the Patty Show continues, guys. He is three UFC wins, three finishes, three performance of the night wins. A lot of hype. Him and Molly. Molly just got her got her shit pushed in by Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, harsh, but that's what happened. Um, Betting odds for this one, Patty's uh, uncle-sized favorite, it looks like. Um, minus 250 on the DraftKings, minus 250 on the FanDuel. Plus 190 on the FanDuel for Joe Gordon, plus 210 on DraftKings. Again, you should be gambling on DraftKings for uh, an MMA, it seems like. 
Um, I got I got Patty, man. They didn't they didn't book this. This is this is to make him a star on pay-per-view. That's it. So don't don't disappoint them, Patty. This is Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Molly did. Someone uh, who's who's you know who she pissed off to have to fight Blanchfield. This is not that type of fight for a Patty. Mike, who do you got? Yep. I'm gonna be going with Patty as well. Uh this would not be the fight where I try to make up ground. Um Marcus. Yeah, same. Um, I do think Jared is, you know, a solid fighter, you know, but he he's in the kind of realm where like these are the guys that Patty kind of I mean, he has to be these caliber of fighters, you know, not taking anything away from Jared. But like if Patty is going to become the icon that he's marketing himself as like these are the fights he has to win. You know, I my, my biggest concern with Patty and like where he wants to put himself in this company and in you know star standing is that like it's hard a star without getting that belt and he's in a fucking difficult uh, division like 155 is just full of killers and at some point he's gonna have to start facing those guys and i don't know how he's gonna do when he does um but this is a a fighter that he should be able to beat fairly handedly you know so it would be a huge upset i think if, if jared was able to get the the win here um but yeah, I, hopefully it goes along because it'll be interesting to see when Patty does fight the real top end guys of this division, how he stacks up because we haven't seen him really sniff anywhere close to the caliber of fighters like your Chandlers, Gaethje's, Poirier's, even McGregor's. I think him and McGregor would be a huge fight. Him and McGregor and then Charles Oliveira and uh, um, the current champion uh, is, why am I forgetting his name? Maglamev, right? Is Islam. 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 Yeah. So I mean, it, he has he has a, a difficult road ahead. I mean, Connor did too, one forty five is no slouch, but like I think this division's even more stacked with a lot of difficult fights for him. So he has to get past this one. Yeah, th- and I think this is what what I what I found most interesting about this fight too was I was watching the t- countdown and I was like, Oh, this is gonna be the first time they can really dive into Patty. There's only two fucking marquee fights on this thing, so the, the hour countdown was cut into two fights so he got 20 minutes and they spent so much time on jared uh-huh. i'm always thinking like okay they got to be saving more patty for later because like they know he's going to be more pay-per-views but like i know i know so much more about jared gordon than i ever thought i would in my <laughs> entire life and to be fair interesting story he had a drug addiction um he got over it you know that's MMA literally all i know about him path. i yeah, know that then, you know good now for him he, bro he helps yeah. yeah, and now he helps other drug addicted people, um, you know, in his class and stuff. So it seems like, yeah, it seems like these are two guys that like nothing to hate against them, but they got to compete and go after it. Um, but yeah, this should be a patty win for sure. All right, clean sweep so far for both of us, for everybody. It's picking the same way. Let's see if that changes here. Darren Till versus Drickus Duplessis. Uh, Darren and Darren, I don't know when Darren fights. Darren is losing all the fucking time. All right, we all live in this magical world where people are like. Oh, is Darren the guy who's going to... This is when Izzy was champion. Is Darren the guy that's going to fight Izzy? Fucking no. He hasn't won a fight in fucking three years, all right? I generally don't enjoy the Darren Till stuff. That might be why. I'm, I'm a little biased here. Um, Drickus, since getting into UFC, is just fucking people up, all right? A um, lot of hype behind this young man um, when he got here. Being a lot, not a lot... Of, I don't know of any other prominent South Africans, quite frankly, in the UFC. But this man was KSW uh, dual champion. And KSW is like that. And we always talk about um, where did Patty come from? Cage Warriors, right? 
Cage Warriors and KSW are the class of European MMA. Um, I know KSW puts on the, what's it called, fights too? The uh, Pujanowski fights too? Hey, man, we got to sell tickets, all right? But we got mm-hmm. real shit going on there. Uh, I think Jan was their champion. You know, I think Yuri might have been up there at some point too. Like, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, I think they might have been um, champions. This dude, since getting into UFC, um, three wins, two knockouts, and a decision win over Brad Tavares. Quite frankly, a decision win over uh, any win over Brad Tavares always impresses me. I don't care how many losses he has. Still not that many. He does not lose to bad fighters. Brad Tavares does not lose to bad fighters. Betting odds for this one. Um, I think the betting community agreed with me on that there. Minus 190 on DraftKings for Drickus. Minus 180 on FanDuel. Plus 160 for Darren. Plus 140 on FanDuel. Um, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Drickus, man. I Darren Till, I don't think, is going to make weight. I'm going to say that right now. What is this? Is that 170 or 180, 185? It's at middleweight. Okay, he might weight. That's, then, then he'll make weight. But, yeah, he wasn't going to make weight at 170. This guy shows up fat. He doesn't show up. I don't know, man. Homeboy starts hanging out with him. Uh, Cam's at it. It got worse somehow at making weight. Darren's Darren's last three fights have been at middleweight. What was the last one? He fought? They were? I don't even remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He returned to middleweight back in 2019 against Gaslam. This is basically what happened was with Darren Till. Darren Till was bigger than everybody at welterweight. He made it all the way to a title shot. Got his ass beat. Lost the next fight after that. People, people are like, you can't make weight easily. Go to middleweight. All of a sudden, the things that were making him such a the advantages he had at welterweight fucking disappeared. All right, everybody was his size. So, anyway, um, if this guy can wrestle at all, Darren's fucked too. I'm very strongly coming out against Darren Till. I'm realizing in this podcast, and I'm okay with it because I generally don't know why we have to pay this much attention to a very middling fighter. Mike, who do you got? Jesus, tell us how you really feel. Oh, fuck him. Um, He's a big Bolsonaro supporter too. He can eat shit. He's all right. Well. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Duplessis as as well. Um, this from reading on him and watched uh, one of his fights uh, earlier today. Uh, seems to have pretty good striking defense and great takedown defense as well. Um, his kickboxing pedigree is nothing to to sneeze at. So I'm gonna be going with him. Um, I don't hate Darren Till with the fire that Bobby does, but I think his time in the sun as even just a good UFC fighter is, is pretty much done. Darren Till was supposed to fight Jack Hermanson back in July, and uh, I remember he had the fight, pulled out of the fight very late because uh, of an injury, mm-hmm. and Chris Curtis came in. And then eight days later, Darren Till got a DUI in Sweden for uh, being three times over the legal limit. So I don't know how this guy's doing in general. Mark, who do you got? <laughs> uh, what was the line again? He's a plus 160-ish underdog. It's not that bad. Okay, okay. Um, well, you know. You got to start making the, picks, the huh? Pack here, I'm gonna make, yeah, I'm making some. Because, I, uh, Bob, I, I mostly agree with you. I don't have, like, this disdain for Darren Till. I, but I disdain for him personally because I feel I have to yeah. hear from him a lot. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I get that. Mostly for me, it's been disappointing because he did come into the UFC as, like, oh, this guy is kickboxing's next level. You know, there's a lot of hype around him. And like you mentioned, it kind of all kind of withered away. Even his win over Thompson was kind of like very lackluster. Do, do y'all remember that video package he had like around the time he was gonna fight Woodley? People thought no, he might win that fight. Remember. That wasn't close. The kickboxer got dropped by Tyron Woodley and got choked, right? That's what happened in that fight. We all remember this? Yeah, I, 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 I like, vaguely. I remember it wasn't close. It was a choke well, shit wasn't yeah, close. It, it was a great fight for Woodley. Woodley yeah. looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so that all being said, like, yeah, I think a lot of the hype has just not formulated around him. Um, I, the one thing I will give him is, like, he is fighting top guys, mm-hmm. you know. Once he started, you know, climbing up to the cream of the crop, you know, things definitely started falling apart. I haven't seen uh, Druckis. I mean, look, really looking at him, like, I don't remember a lot of his fights. I probably saw his Brad Tavares fight, and I agree with you, Bob. Like, getting a win over that guy means that you got stamina and gutsto because that's what brad's gonna give you brad's gonna give you a tough fight so if you get past him like that shows like you're 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 a credible contender for sure i think brad has really positioned himself as a strong gatekeeper i'm going with till mostly because i'm behind (laughs) by the way brad is literally number 15 in the rankings he is literally Mm -hmm. the gatekeeper to the rankings because drickus is 13 now (laughs) how long has he been 15 for dude brad has been between 10 and 15 dude uh, who were we talking about last week where I said they had a good fucking career? You make it the UFC 20 fuck. Who was it? Who is it that just retired? That'll look like, oh, a super long. We talked about it a week ago, right? On the podcast. I thought it wasn't Brown. Was it? Yeah. It was somebody retired. And I said, man, you fight this many times in the UFC. Good for you. You draw. Uh, UFC. It wasn't that he, it wasn't that he retired, but we were talking about Michael Johnson. Yeah. We're like, Oh, fuck true. man. Like, you make like, same with this dude. Brad Tavares has been sitting here since tough 11. That was so and, and long ago. And he's been good yeah, the whole time. And, and relevant. <laughs> yeah. So um, that all being said, I- I'm going to pick Till. Um, he is a good kickboxer, so they say. I haven't seen a lot of it. But um, yeah, I mean, not a confident pick. This is really trying to, to make some, some ground up um, or crash the plane. Marcus, do you ask yourself sometimes why they book a fight when you're picking? I mean, I know you're, this time you're picking while you're picking. But do you ever do be like, why do you like? Do you ever try to get in the matchmaker's head? Like, why did they book? What, what was their goal with this fight? Because I'm looking um, at this well, one. I mean, this guy's 13. Till is nine. And I'm looking at everybody around there, and they're like, "How do we get this fucking kid the next level up? Let's give him a guy on a three years on a three fucking year unbeaten, like no win streak." You know what I mean? That's me, my well, mentality of it. Well, I think a lot of it just has to do like, yeah, he was going to fight Hermanson, right? And it yeah. kind of fell through, and mm-hmm. it probably just had to do with timing. Like this guy was going to be ready. They're in the rankings, you know, yeah, whatever. So, because I, I think they have been positioning Till to be more at least attempting to make him more of a star. I think that Hermanson fight, he was, he was main eventing, right? Or, or he, no, he no, wasn't no. main eventing, but he was close, but it was in London. Yeah. So he was going to be, he was a big part of that card to be a big draw. Wasn't it in fucking, was it in London or Liverpool? No, it was li- London. You're right. I don't, I don't remember. It was in England. Yeah. I shouldn't have said London. No, but, you're um, right. I think you're right. I was uh, one of those patty cards. It was going to be, on. but yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in him. I don't know. Um, Jacres all that well. So mm. like, it's not like if I picked him, it would really be going off the math and just how little I think of till, so that's why I'm like, eh, I'll, I'll I'll throw a bone tills way. This could get me a, a, to, to a, be clear, a one up on both of you. This was the podcast where a couple weeks ago, Mark, we were just all like, who decided Hinata Moikano was so good? <laughs> and then Hinata Moikano <laughs> reminded us how good mm-hmm. he really is. So uh, maybe it's like that case with Till too. But yeah, honestly, we'll I I think there's a lot of, there's a reason we're all excited about Drickus Diplussi. I don't think they booked, I think if they wanted to protect Darren Till, they would have protected Darren Till. I mean, are they're we not. excited about him? Because no, I mean, I like I think they are excited for him for Europe, and I think oh, if they, okay. I think they're, the they're, guy, using, they're using Till as a stepping. stone. I think if they, think? if we wanted to get Till a win here, we would have given There's Till a win. Guys. And I'm sure they okay. got angry that he pulled out of any fight. He pulls out. I feel he pulls out a lot of fights too. Like I don't hear him a yeah. lot. No, yeah, right? we don't hear him a fighting a lot. I, I think all your your criticism about not making weight and being injured, I think those are all completely valid because he hasn't been super stable. Yeah. Okay. Um. Last one we're picking. Uh, <laughs> Mike and I went back and forth on this one today for like twenty minutes. Um. Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell, Ilya Topuria. Uh, this is gonna be fucking awesome. This is gonna be a really good fight, man. Um. Bryce, we got here. This is gonna be one of those fights. I think we're like. In five years, are going to be like, fuck, they booked that just on a random, you know, shit. 
Um, Bryce from Texarkana, Arkansas, with a decent mixtape and really questionable worldviews on some stuff. But besides that, seems like a decent person, oddly enough. Um, he's 15 and fucking 0. He just, he's in the UFC, one, two, three, four, five, six wins. Five of those by decision. Uh, he had a twister against Matt Salis three years ago. Um, but he's 15 and 0. He did lose on the TV, on the reality show. He did get a rear naked choked. Ilya, on the other hand, also undefeated. Um, he is fucking people up, though, in the UFC. He's not fighting dudes like Edson Barbosa. That's the difference here. But he folded over Jai Herbert like a lawn chair, Mike. And I think that's what's weighing my decision when I make my pick here in a moment, by the way. And um, yeah, you were you were pretty confident in your Bryce. Mitchell and then I saw pick, that and, and I remembered Bryce Mitchell can get hit. And I'm like, fuck it, man. If this is it is what it is. Um, uh, however, in, in the clips we saw from the Jai Herbert fight, I mean, you saw that. Sarupa, how's it called? your can be hit, but that man, he has a right fist that seems like it was touched by God. Yeah. Um, betting odds for this one. Um, Tuporia minus 150. Yeah, yo, whoever broke best fight odds, uh, fix it. Okay. Just putting that out there. Tuporia minus 158 on FanDuel, minus 140 on DraftKings. Plus 120 for Mitchell, plus one on uh, and plus one in 24 on DraftKings and FanDuel, respectively. Um, money started out, uh, a lot of money came in on Tuporia. It opened up minus 150, moved to minus 200. As the fight got closer, came back to where it started roughly around minus 150 to 140. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Ilya, man. And I'm, part of the reason was everything we just mentioned there. He's got fucking, a, his right hand is killer. His power is it's next level. Bryce is a great fighter. Um, I fully expect Mark to take Bryce. Um, just guessing here because he's we've all seen how good he is. But Ilya, I, I also believe, and this is me just reading tea leaves and stuff. There was the backstage altercation with Patty and Ilya before the last pay-per-view, before the last event Ilya and Patty were both on, which was, I think they were both on it. Um, yeah, the Volkov, the, the London card, where Ilya uh, opened the show uh, open the main card. Um, him and Patty got into it backstage. It's not an accident. They're on the same card here. I think, regardless, probably the winner of this, those two fights are fighting each other. I think, I think that's what we're getting. But I think the UFC is also like, we got some heat backstage. We probably, we have some footage on social media of Patty and Ilya throwing shit at each other or whatever it was, water bottles. I mean, maybe it works out for them. Maybe it doesn't. But I think, I don't know. It's almost like the storyline works out a lot of times in MMA. What you want to happen does happen a lot of times. So part of it is that. I'm going to go with Ilya They're here. different weight classes, though, but... They're both lightweights. No, this is at featherweight. He moved back down to featherweight for this fight? I mean, Bryce Mitchell's always been at featherweight, right? Yeah. Oh. Is this not... Is this at feather? He went back down to featherweight then, because his last fight was at lightweight. Was it? Yeah, Patty. Oh, oh you're was, right. Lightweight debut. Hmm. Oh, it is lightweight. Sure. Unless sure. Mitchell went up Patty. It looks like yeah. Mitchell. Sure Patty, he'd uh, go up to 155. This is though. featherweight fight. Okay. Either way, I got Ilya winning. Long story short. He's fucking killing people. And uh, when uh, all else is doubt, you go with the guy knocking people out, I guess. Mark, who do you got, buddy? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think this is a really 
tough fight to pick. Um, this I is the fight I'm most excited a, for, by the way, on this whole card, is this fight. Yeah, I mean, and I think Ilya, I think, is the, the betting favorite. Um, I mean, just looking at, I don't remember, I don't really recall a lot of his fights, unfortunately. I didn't, I don't remember that last fight he had. I probably saw the Ryan Hall one. Um, but I mean, the most interesting thing here is he's 12 and 0. He's only gone to the decision once, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Bryce, and, and maybe that's potentially to his benefit. You know, if Bryce can maybe survive the early barrage, cause mm-hmm. it does seem like, uh, he, nah, uh, he usually gets it done in the first, you know, he blows himself out. Maybe Bryce can take him. Into I mean, he's like, got seven submissions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, it's going to be a fun fight. I think it's tough. Um, I don't have much problems picking Bryce here because yeah I think if he can survive the heat early on um the only problem there is like unless he gets tired like the grappling I think is going to be fairly even they're yeah. both very good um so it is really tough to kind of see who's going to get ahead on this one but um yeah I'll take I'll take Bryce and see if I can get a couple points on you guys yeah it looks like this dude is uh did Greco when he was a kid too this this Ilya kid man him and Patty sounds like it'd be really fun too. Mike, uh, who do you got? Uh, I'm gonna be going with Taporia. Um, much like you, um, his power impressed me, and his aggressiveness, and he seems to be able to take a punch from from what I saw from his last fight. So I'm you know, gonna go with Taporia. You know, it'd be fun. Okay, not that I'm trying to put myself in this position, but if Mark hits both of those fights, and you know, we were both wrong. Means we go in with everybody being one, you guys both being one game back of me, mm-hmm. and then we just have chaos. That's when we all need Horaguchi to do different things in that rising card. <laughs> um, on the undercard, there's some interesting shit. By the way, we only picked four fights because uh, we lost Robbie Lawler versus Santiago Ponzinibbio, and nobody in the UFC should be crazy enough to fight Ponzinibbio on this short of notice. Unless, what was the idea? Someone, one of you brought up. I thought. Um, I thought one of you said someone would do it. The leech? I thought I thought the leech already fought Ponzinibbio. The leech looked real. The leech looked so good at this event, though. And everybody, leech is like, I don't know what happened, but he's like the biggest fan favorite for the hardcore community at this point. Um, let's see, what is where's Ponzinibbio? Ponzinibbio. Uh, ba 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 ba. How they fought already? I'm trying to see if he has Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio. He lost to the leech. He got knocked out by the leech. That was his first fight back after um. Man, man, wait, Ponzinibbio, man. That's another one. I hope this turns yeah. it around. I mean, this was going to be a good opportunity. I mean, he last two losses are both split, so shit, he could be on a three-fight win streak. But yeah, um, this has got some interesting shit on the undercard, Marcus. Uh, I like that Curtis, Chris Curtis-Joaquin Buckley fight a lot. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking at. I'm, I'm a big Chris Curtis guy in general. He really gave mm-hmm. Jack Hermanson a, like, a lot in that fight, too, yeah, on he, short notice. He, he gave it all he could. It was a tough fight for him. And I don't know if we're all, I mean, the Edmund Shabazian thing. Eh, we're at uh, nut cutting time, right? Because they're making, they're letting you fight a thirty-five-year-old dude um, that nobody knows. You've lost three straight, and I think he just left um, Edmund for Extreme Couture. And um, Extreme Couture, um, not the worst place to be training when you know they got the heavyweight champion of the fucking world on that team. Sure, you got Francis over there. You got Bader training over there. Um, I like on Wikipedia it says current champions Vinny Magales M1. There's no way M1 still exists. Like mm-hmm. right, I'm like mm-hmm. I'm, also Vinny put that title on eBay, and there was a I, if you guys remember longtime listeners of the podcast, there was a hot minute where I was about to buy the M1 light heavyweight championship before it got pulled from the eBay listing. But yeah, um, Yuri is also Yuri Prohaska is also at 
Extreme Couture. Uh, Mark, this kid's got to win. He's re I know he's only 20 whatever years old, but you got to win. Um, you can't go four straight losses. I, it's, yeah, you know. the train's definitely left the station, so he needs to make some corrections now. Yeah, and they're giving him Dalcha, yada, 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 who is somehow still in the UFC, having lost four or five fights. Yeah, they're setting this kid up to win, right? Like, this is get a win. I mean, looking at his, I'm trying to see the betting lines for this one. Um, he is a minus 280 favorite still. So, yeah, got to win, Edmund. We all think very, we all think you can be very good still too. He showed a lot of flashes at the beginning there, and uh, yeah, Biggie Boy versus Chris Daukus. I don't like Chris Daukus's chances, though. I don't know what's going on where they keep booking former police officer. Or sorry, yeah, former police officer. Okay, I'm just gonna say we got former white police officer Chris Daukus having three straight opponents of Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, and uh, the Biggie Boy. What what is going on here, Mike? You go ahead and sound like tell me what I'm pointing out, please, to everybody. <laughs> oh, I don't want to say it, man. Come on, Mike. Why are you gonna make me say it? I mean, he's an undersized heavyweight, and they keep fighting, making fight giant black dudes, and he's a he's a he's a cop. I don't know. I feel I I I don't think it's an accident. Do you think it's an accident? <laughs> huh? I'm I'm not just drawing I, conclusions here. There are other. I I think it raises eyebrows. I know. Um, I think he's getting knocked out too. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad card. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do with the main card, but I think they should send Cliff Curtis and um, Homeboy up there, um, Buckley, because it wasn't like it's the main event of the prelims. Yeah, uh, Biggie Boy knocking out the cop is the main event of the prelims. Um, and unless they somehow convince somebody to fight Pons and Ibio on three days' notice, if I'm the LFA champion, Mark, I disconnect my phone service. Because you're going to deny, you're going to say, because you should say no to this fight and then they won't call you again for three years because you said no to a short notice fight. Yeah. That's, that's the move here. Um, all right. I think that would be it for us this week. Um, Bellator also has a card. I'm going to mention it because I'm the, not only the only guy watching Bellator, I'm apparently a very, I'm a Bellator betting savant. Um, uh, apparent, uh, that's how these things go. Um, Rafion Stas versus Danny Sabatello talking a lot of shit. They're the two guys who got into the fight on the MMA hour where Ariel looked completely unbothered and just was just like, right. just no, no, <laughs> just get away from each other. Um, Liz Carmoose, Juliana Velasquez um, rematch for the flyweight championship. Um, that was, uh, she lost the fight um, via crucifix elbows. And I don't exactly remember what happened. There was some controversy. She tried to appeal the loss. We're just going to fight again. Right. All right. We're just going to do it again. Um, so that one, we'll see how it goes there. It's a good, it's a good card for Bellator, honestly. Um, why they aren't doing it, why they're doing it, I don't know. When they're doing it, it's besides the point. Um, anyway, let's do stuff we like. I don't think, uh, oh, I watched The Crown. I watched all of The Crown. Season four. Ooh, Mike, do you watch The that. Crown yet? Oh, sorry, season five. I am, I'm on episode two of yeah. the latest season. So the last thing I saw was apparently um, a much more handsome Prince Charles uh, tried to basically commit a coup against his mother. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, 
just overall, without uh, not spoiling, I mean, how are you, you going to spoil something that was talking about history? Um, here's the one spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They ain't killing Princess Diana in this season. Okay? You probably could have figured that out given what the time frame they announced beforehand, but here we go. Um, overall impressions, it's okay. Um, I generally found the queen to be a pretty... I felt in previous seasons it was easier to root for the queen. And at this point, I kind of was just sitting there like, God, everybody here is awful. Um, Charles being unreasonably handsome is kind of hilarious. Also because they didn't just go make Camilla unreasonably handsome either. Oh, no, sorry, unreasonably attractive either. Which is kind of weird. Um, I thought that... Uh, I didn't see enough Princess Anne because she's one of my favorite characters in the previous seasons. Not enough Princess Margaret except for like a hot minute where she's complaining to her queen about some shit. Um, I kind of thought the guy playing Prince Philip, he's the guy who played the leader of the Sparrows in Game of Thrones. Yep. And that being my last memory of the guy, and he's been in a lot of stuff, is just like, I'm expecting a more brash Prince Philip in general. And like, However, at this point... Prince Philip is what in his seventies. Uh, Prince Philip by, was by, still by saying Prince Philip still saying some real questionable shit up uh, well into that age, buddy. Um, oh no, I don't, I don't doubt that, but he's probably saying it with a lot less vigor than he was saying back in the seventies and sixties. And I thought uh, Johnny Lee Miller, Miller uh, being John Major was also kind of funny. I don't know if John Major was that handsome either. Like a lot of good-looking people in this season, and it was you know. And it was cool learning about, I thought, the Al-Fayed family. A lot of Al-Fayed stuff, which ultimately Dodie Al-Fayed was um, Princess Diana's boyfriend at the time of her passing. So we tried to explain that character and stuff. Um, Tony Blair showing up and not being as handsome as Charles, also hilarious. Because I felt at the beginning a lot of people thought Prince jo uh, Tony Blair was kind of like a handsome young chap when he first showed up. Nah. They just picked some bucktooth dude in this one. <laughs> just rolled with that. <laughs> I was okay. Um, I think I don't. I don't know if they announce if they, if they're only if we're done after next season. Have they announced that, Mike? Like, are we gonna get? Are we getting to Harry and fucking Megan? Is what no. I'm wondering. We're not. No, no, we're not. Okay, well that's disappointing. That's. I mean, we're just gonna. Anyway, um, here we are, Quincy. But season six, um, I enjoyed some of the other seasons better. Especially coming off of how fucking badass Gillian Anderson was as uh, as Margaret Thatcher. Thatcher, just a fucking killer role for her. And we had a Helena Bonham Carter and shit going on in the previous seasons. We had a lot of stuff happening, man. Um, I felt they kind of matched with the name values here, but it's just like it just felt a lot of miscasting in terms of look for me, at least. The guy pulled off Charles as a whiny bitch, though. Still believe that. But yeah, Mike, what do you got this week? You've been here. I hope uh, you're talking yeah. about what we did uh, what we did last night, though. I hope you're talking about that show. <laughs> uh, talking about a few things. Uh, the first thing I that I do like this week is I've gone to the little gym in Bobby's uh, condo a, a few times. Uh, it's still good. But what I realized today when I went to go use the restroom in his little gym, you know, motherfucker has a sauna. Oh, I that's do? nice. Did not know that. What? 
Yo, are you serious? Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get into the community sauna and stuff. With, I don't want to deal with these neighbors, bro. I'm not trying to, like, dude, I go to that gym. When I was going to the gym, I'd just be like, oh, early. I, like, I'm going to go here when it opens on Saturday. And I'll, I'll be yeah, gone. I, 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 I walked into the bathroom to go do a Tuesday. You know, I was looking for uh, for the stalls, and I saw a sauna room. I'm like, oh, shit. You shit in our I, sauna? I, no. <laughs> just making sure. You know, that definitely wasn't me. But, um... No, so uh, Bobby's amenities at his uh, at his uh, condo complex. Mm. Very nice, very nice. Um, but the main thing is, uh, as Bobby alluded to, I have been in the Bay Area since last Thursday. I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here. Uh, probably the highlight would be last night when we went to a kind of dingy bar in Oakland. And we saw some very dingy wrestlers, uh, you know, perform in Eternia number 12, um, brought to you by Hood Slam. Yeah. And, uh, I think we've talked about Hood Slam on this podcast before, right, Marcus, where it was just, you know, 21 and older oh, sure. uh, wrestling event held in the Bay Area, as they call it, the Accidental Phenomenon. Actually, pretty apt title. Um, mm -hmm. This Entertainia, I believe, was the first show I went to because Mark told me about this. We went to the Entertainia. That was like a three-night thing. We went to one of those nights when I, I remember so, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was back at the Oakland Metro, where it was like 102 degrees inside that fucking place. This bar, by the way, Mark, has air conditioning. It's great. Nice. Really nice. Uh, Mike got to enjoy uh, Drugs Bunny was the first guy mm -hmm. out there. They had that guy who everybody hates, the James uh, guy. Brosev guy? Oh, no, Brosev guy? came out too. We also enjoyed a 30-minute, like I'm going to call it an Iron Man match, Iron Person match, because the names they use for the match is not appropriate for this podcast, okay. but um, with uh, Dark Sheik taking on um, El Chupacabra, Chupacabra with 30 minutes, yeah. mm. and then he also enjoyed the, you got the I, I, they kind of do, I think they recognize people don't make it to the end, because they really do stack the stars mm. at the beginning, because then after that, it was like, the Stoner Brothers came out, and we left, like, at the end of the Stoner Brothers match, but then like they still had more shit going on. All the big stars yeah. were early. Yeah, Mike. Mike met. Mike met. Dark Sheik went up to her, well, shook her uh, hand, <laughs> yeah. told her she had a great match. Said, yeah, I gave I gave her her props. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I've also never been that close to a wrestling ring before, and mm -hmm. uh, you know they spilled out into the audience, and uh, you know. When it was the Dark Sheikah and Chupacabra match, I was basically yelling in Chupacabra's ear to fuck her up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Good if you time. guys go back and watch the Twitch stream, you might see Mike. Stream, You might find Mike on there. Okay. I was buying beer when they could literally went into our section. Like, I was getting beer, and then I, they were just going through where we were. I was standing. I'm like, oh, all right. Um, yeah, if you're in Oakland and uh, Hood Slam's happening or Glam, that is our all-women's one, uh, it's worth. Mm. It's definitely worth going to once. Cheap ticket, cheap alcohol. Bought fucking five beers for thirty five bucks. It was great. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I would say too, you don't need to be a fan of like wrestling oh, not to enjoy the show. Yeah. Um, I think like one like 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 Mike. Um, there's not going to be a lot of wrestling events you'll ever go to where you can be like that close. <laughs> which you know, make make sure that you're at a distance you're comfortable with because yeah, they do go outside the ring. They will be doing some big spots. Um, You'll be I asked to catch a wrestler if you're next to the ring. That will happen. <laughs> I mean, 
one of their mottos and it has multiple meetings is fuck the fans mm. right so they don't give a sh- if you get hit with something hey that's your own prerogative right you shouldn't you know if you don't want to be close to the action don't be close to the action um but yeah it, it's just it, it, and that also being said like fuck the fans also meant like they're going to do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. that they think is going to be fun so it's very much generated to they you know the wrestlers would think would be entertaining and fun and the crowd gets into it too so it's definitely one of these things like you you don't have to have been watching or know who the guys are like there's going to be chants going on there's going to be lots of people just having a good time and that's kind of like what the whole events around so like yeah I've, i've we've brought many people that aren't into pro wrestling at all and had a blast of a time because it's not really about that it's just about having like a communal kind of fun entertaining experience you're at a dive bar and wrestling starts happening basically would be a good description of what's happening yeah you know and and they're gonna use all the trademarks they don't give a fuck you know that's why link comes out and ryu and ken and zangief like you know they do whatever they want it's fun it's good time oh man mike was so happy when link came out oh god that was that might have been your the happiest you were with that well that was honestly a point where like i was behind mike and he had this smile on his face and our friend melissa's like i've never seen mike so happy before I'm like, Mike, I'm like, Melissa, I I thought you would have a good time. I knew Mike would love this. Like, there's video game references. There's anime reference. Whenever whenever Link wrestles and I'm there, I try to wait for a moment where no one's talking. There's no chance going on. And then I'll yell, hey, listen. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) But yeah, seriously, I mean, I think it's also nice you're visiting the Bay Area in general. You don't have to go to Hood Slam. But it's not just San Francisco or not just Napa, which, you know, not the Bay Area really even. Um, Oakland's got some stuff, guys. Mostly really there's good food. Really nice parts. Yeah, yeah, and there's some really nice parts of there. Um, and sometimes you're there and you see a fucking five-story painting of uh, Stephen Curry where he's reading to children in this painting. He's basically like – he's pretty much just God here, if you guys are curious. Sure. Stephen Curry's basically a God here. Um, anyway, um, that was Mike. What else did you have besides Hoodslam or anything else? Um, no, that's about it. Mike also would like to mention he had a bake sale Betty sandwich and he enjoyed it. Mark, what do you got this week? (laughs) Um, yeah, I'll keep it short. Um, the show that I watched most recently that I really enjoyed was that, uh, Wednesday show on Netflix. Um, I had watched the Sabrina show too, and I enjoyed that as well. I enjoyed Wednesday a lot more. I can't remember the actress's name. Jenna I think Ortega. it's like, or, yeah, man, what a star. Mm. <laughs> she kills that role. Did you, any of you guys watch it? Mike has, right? I've watched a few episodes of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed it through and through. I just thought it was entertaining and fun. And I'm not like an Adams family fan. Mm. Adams family. I, I don't know if it was the same for you guys. Like I, I was, it wasn't something I was drawn to. But goddamn, as a child, did I see a lot oh, of fucking see, I was whether it was the movies or the cartoons. Your boy on the other end of this, that was a movie yeah. that me and my brother watched maybe 50 times. We loved that movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and, and it's like I didn't hate it, but like it wasn't something that I, like, I loved, but I do remember seeing it a lot. Um, and that all being said, like, I thoroughly enjoyed this show. And um, the, that actress is fucking fantastic. I think it's like the fourth or fifth episode. They have like a little dance at the school. Oh, that shit's viral as hell. <laughs> dude, I don't know how she did that. Like, cause she's doing these very kind of eccentric moves, but her face is stone cold the whole time. It's just, it's, it, it's what a scene. Um, but yeah, she's a star in the making. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that show. And I, I think they're all well, Where did she season. come from? Did well. Do we know where I she came no from? Idea. Mike, do you no, know where she came I, from? I, I what she know. was in that she's like, we're now here? Uh, no. 
I don't know what else she's been in. Okay, fair yeah, enough. But she, she's a star. Um, she, she was fantastic. And that whole show was really fun. Um, Game-wise, uh, last week I was on the show. A couple big games came out last week. Uh, Midnight Suns, which is a Marvel kind of strategy game made by the guys that made the XCOM 1 and 2 games, uh, came out. Uh, and that one looked pretty interesting. Uh, what kind of deterred me from picking it up day one was it's half this kind of like card based strategy game, kind of like XCOM. Um, and then the other half is kind of like you interacting with the different heroes and doing them. And I thought I'd be more interested in the latter. Um, but it turns out like that stuff's kind of like hokey. So I'm kind of thinking for a price drop for that, but it's still, it, it reviewed well. Um, and if you like those kind of like strategy, uh, role-playing games and, and you like Marvel stuff, you know, Midnight Suns could really be up your alley. Uh, the other big game that came out that unfortunately did not review super well that I was really excited for was the uh, Callisto Protocol. This is from the devs that made uh, the first and second Dead Space game. This is a like a survival horror type game. And what really put it on its radar for me is their fucking uh, development studio was literally in the same building me and Bobby used to work at. And then they demolished that building and now they're kind of you know, a few buildings down, but you know, all the previews I saw and trailers I saw looked really promising visually. It looks great, but I guess it's just like one, I think there's some issues on PC where it's not running super great. And from the reviews I saw where it was kind of getting into the six and sevens and I was kind of expecting eights and nines was like, there's just something missing. It's a little repetitive. There's not a lot of enemy variety and maybe the story isn't as unique. It, it kind of seems like maybe they followed the steps of Dead Space a little too closely and didn't kind of evolve their game a little bit. Um, but I was a little surprised that it didn't do uh, better. Uh, and then the last thing I want to mention this coming Thursday is the Game Awards, which personally, I really enjoy the Game Awards. I think they've been getting better each year. Um, you know, the rewards themselves aren't really super meaningful, right? It's a nice feather in the cap. It's nice to acknowledge different games and different categories and stuff. But really most people are going to watch that because they have lots of exclusive trailers for new games coming out. Um, so it's always interesting to see what they bring. Um, but overall, just as an award show, it used to be very cringe. Like most of the show was kind of like cringe worthy where they were having jokes that didn't land. And I do think every year it's gotten better where there's less of that and more of the humor and kind of poking fun at the game industry has been more on point and kind of landed a little bit better for myself. Um, and then they always have really fantastic uh, music performances, not so much with the random bands they have going there. Like I'm not, I, I, I know you guys kind of like they had run the jewel one year, which I don't really listen to them. So it's like the, the, the musical guest, I'm not a big fan of, but when they actually, they have an orchestra that plays the game music, especially for the whoever's um, in the uh, game of the year, they basically show like when they're doing the nominees, they play, um, you know, a song from each uh, video game in an orchestra. And I always think that's really fun and interesting. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. That's all I got this week. You didn't, uh, you watched the trailer for the thing or the HBO show, um, Last of Us? Oh, yeah, I did. I, it looks good. And it's the Chernobyl guy. The trailer. Chernobyl guy, uh, yeah, the Chernobyl guy's doing it. But he also, he did like some animated shows too, because everyone says, like, oh, he's done oh, a lot yeah. of stuff. He did, he did scary yeah, he movie, did like, like three of them. Like, right, he does a lot. Yeah. Of, <laughs> but in terms of actually, like, uh, like, we're going to give him like television show, he did, uh, he yeah, wrote for Mythic Chernobyl. Quest. He wrote for Mythic Quest also. Okay. And that was good. That was good comedy. Yeah. But I in like terms that. of like, creator of a show just those two shows but he also worked yeah. on he wrote on a lot of questionable shit yeah yeah he also um, writing I, the I borderlands think... a movie yeah that movie what, should be the, close yo, eli, eli roth is doing movie? borderlands 
I don't. I think that movie shot a while ago. It should be. I don't know why we haven't seen the trailer. It should be coming out sometime next year. Um, but I, why don't you kind of reminded me, Bob? Um, uh, yeah, the Last of Us trailer I think looks good. I'm excited for that show. The trailer I saw for a movie that I was already excited for, and I'm more excited oh. is the Mario movie. Really, man? I thought you were going Cocaine Bear. Okay. Oh, cocaine bears, whatever. <laughs> cocaine like, bear, I, I did, cocaine I, bear looks incredible. I did watch that, but it's just like, oh, am I rooting for the bear? I don't know what's going on here. It's I'm just, rooting for the bear. You're definitely rooting for the bear. You know what happened to the actual bear? You know what happens when a bear did that much cocaine? Probably killed him. It just died. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I personally, I, I don't know about you guys, but like, I literally got like goosebumps watching the mario i don't know why seeing him in mario kart stuff i was like I, I love this and everyone everyone was hating about chris pratt and i was like one of you know me and bobby talked about it i thought he did a fine job with the voice and then on this trailer you know who stands out like a fucking sore thumb for me charlie day that's just charlie is luigi like I'm Dude, not he, he, he is not chris pratt is not changing his voice as mario what is he changing he's I, just being chris pratt no i think he sounds i think he sounds totally fine i'm not even I and mean, maybe it's because i'm not is used to his voice because like i don't remember what he sounded like in the, the lego movie but like i saw this trail and i was like he's fine and then yeah, by the way the, him, like, that's this, just this borderlands cast is absurd by yeah, the way it's crazy kevin hart jack black yeah jamie lee curtis what? bobby lee what the fuck is going on in this movie eli roth just okay yeah okay yeah. i i you know how much i love mario mario is my favorite probably my favorite video game period um i had an expectation of what mario sounds like and maybe it's because of the cartoon. Maybe it's because of Captain Lou Albano. I kind of thought he needed to sound like an Italian plumber. That being said, I think it looks cool as hell. And I fucking love Mario. Yeah. So I'm seeing it either way. I, it's, not like yeah. I, it's not like I'm not seeing this movie. I am in for Mario. Like, who's making that movie? Is it like... Uh, it's what, Illumination. Like, did they... They do the, they do the mini-me. Not the mini-me. The, the mis- Despicable Me and the Minions. That stuff. Okay, um, so the Super Mario Brothers movie, so it's, I don't know, I was hoping it'd be like the Lego Batman people, really, is what I was hoping for. Mm, I don't think so. I don't yeah, think Illumination did that. Uh, did like of, Life of Pets? He did a lot of random shit, it looks like, this one guy, and then, I don't know who these people are. He wrote Wonder Woman. That could go either okay, way. Okay, weird. Are you at way. writers? I'm looking at the writers, yeah. That could go okay. either way. That could go either way with Wonder Woman, depending on how you view that movie. Um, okay, this has been a very long podcast already. Um, we want to thank you all for listening. We're going to be back next week. We're going to see if we got ourselves, uh, well, we're going to have a new champion. There's, mm-hmm. there's no champion at light heavyweight. So we're going to see if, uh, we're going to go present another championship to a warlord. Um, God, I hope Jan wins. I hope we're all wrong. Really? I don't have a lot. I mean, look, the sport doesn't have a lot of, the sport has a lot of shitty people in it. But if we could just like not keep giving titles and putting the presenting them to a warlord, like it'd be cool, right? I think it'd be cool for everybody. Jan's got a decent story. He was champion. He got a fucking rope from a suicide forest. He suicide rope he carries around and stuff. Mike, it's not too much to ask. Fewer champions giving money to a warlord. Mike's not listening to me at this point. I heard the uh, Warlord thing before, man. Come on, man. Like I, I can't get fully on board with Jan yeah. just because I watched his countdown, and I guess him and his friend have this like rolling contest where they see who can destroy the most snowmen in the winter. <laughs> so he's hiking. He's like, "Oh, here's a snowman. Let me destroy it and show my friend." So he kicks it over, and then he flips off his phone. He's like, "My friend will understand." I was like, 
we just saw the people they just they, they show him walking across this like uh this this like it looks like a couple and he's like oh the the cliffs over here and he's like oh no but there's a great view up there he's like oh okay and he's like oh look at the snowman i will destroy it i'm like yeah that's, that's, just, the fuck that's just whatever that's just so mean like some <laughs> probably took so many hours like that was, that, that, by the way that was a real good snowman. level up. that was some nice what about is and we're like okay well this guy's gonna present his title to a warlord that is just killing gay people <laughs> and then it's like well this motherfucker is kicking over a snowman so look at it. it's all gray baby that's all i'm saying <laughs> you know we paint with one brush around here it's good or bad and they're all i bad. mean who's who's the worst person i mean the one who's gonna go, represent the title let's talk about that for 20 minutes why don't all right i want to go eat and we have to drop to in and out straight up so thank you all for listening to the podcast um i was dr law that was lavender gooms and that was dj mark we'll be back next week to talk about our new champion and preview this fight card which is headlined by I've already forgot. So until then, um, I was doc- as I said, I was Dr. Law, DJ Mark, Lavender Goom. See y'all next week and peace out. Peace. No, never made a snowman before. No. You snowball, you're in New York, you wanna make a little man? I made a snowman. Felt like a real waste yeah. of time. <laughs> Maybe it's a lot of work yeah. for a little pay off. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I understand why Jan wants to keep them over. Yeah, they they didn't need to go down. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Everybody, don't kick over snowmen. Just don't build them, though, either. All right? Thank you, and goodbye. Peace.